Coming to you from Charleston, South Carolina, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Joey. And I'm Mason. This is TBD Sportscast. Where we determine the most important sports topics of this weekend. On this episode, we'll be discussing the big matchups from last week, the top two matchups from this week, the college playoff rankings, the top 25 matchups, and we'll begin discussing the NFL this weekend. A lot of stuff to cover today, so let's get into it. Starting with last week's Indiana versus Ohio State. The Indiana 10, Fields looking, guns it, touchdown, Wilson. In the game. Here's Master T. He finds the edge. Turns it up. Master T. Burst of speed. Master T. Touchdown. Master T in the backfield. They give it to him. Looking for big dirt. And it's Gallup. Touchdown. Last day. IU 9. Fields. In trouble. Fields. Turning. Fields. Touchdown. Penix. Scott's open in the flats. Penix over the middle. watching this Ohio State-Indiana game, first of all, the first thing I was thinking was Ohio State was not looking like them, their usual selves. Oh, no. It was, it was so terrible. I mean, you look at it, and Justin Fields, who everybody's looking at and saying possible Heisman winner, threw three interceptions and only two touchdowns. Uh, 300 yards, which is still decent, but then you look at his opponent, who had 491 yards, you know, and he's not even known to be a a throwing quarterback necessarily he's very mobile he's very good with his feet uh five touchdowns and one interception for him so i mean what what did you take out of this indiana game i took out of this indiana game that this is the best team that ohio state has played yet they were huge on turnover chain they got so many fumbles so many interceptions and they were talking about during the game that Indiana is just known for this, and they're great at it, and they did it against Ohio State. So, yeah, I would say that this is definitely the toughest team that Ohio State has faced. And also last week, you know, we talked about if they lose this game, are they still looking like a top-10 team? And I would say that, yes, they are still looking like a top-10 team. They didn't play that great in the first half, but they were on the comeback in the second half, and I believe that if there would have been more time, Obviously, it's an if-then situation. But if they had had more time, they would have been able to come back and win the game, I think. They only lost by a touchdown. I would say that, yeah, they're looking like a top-10 team. For me, I I think my big thing for this game, I mean, you really look at it. I mean, Indiana had negative one rushing yards total for that game. Meanwhile, Ohio State had 307, and it still ended as close as it did, you know. So... When you look at that, and you look at how Justin Fields played, and 
it's hard to say that Ohio State really deserved that top four spot. I mean, you also got to look at this. Indiana's opponents before Ohio State, their total record is 2-12. and 12, And they were put in the top 10. Yep. And, it's, and it's ridiculous. I completely disagree with it. I mean... What is Ohio State? They're they're four and zero, so they're quote unquote undefeated. They've played Penn State, Rutgers, Nebraska, and Indiana. Does that mm-hmm. sound like a all star cast to you? I mean, no, but no. You, no, yeah. I mean, when it's you like really I said look, last week, it's like I said last week. I'm sorry, but it's no, like they fine. said last week. They haven't shown me that they deserve to be in the playoffs because they haven't played anybody. Do they have Justin Fields? Yes. Is he a great player? Yes. But is that the entire team? No. They're not that great on defense. They played crap teams. They almost they. I mean, they played a struggle win against Nebraska. Mm-hmm. wasn't great, and they played a struggle win against Indiana as well. They're not playing like a top ten team. No, I don't care if they have Justin Fields. They're not playing like a top ten team. And so that's what I have to say. Definitely not in that game either. Like even just watching Kirk Herb Streets talk about it and stuff like that. I mean, and again, we'll go over uh, the college playoff rankings and what we think about them later, but. I do agree with what he said, which was the way they played against their first quote-unquote real top opponent um, was nothing like a top-four team. You look at the Clemson-Notre Dame game, that was you could tell it was two top-four teams. Granted, one of the top-four teams was at a disadvantage due to health and all that stuff, but you could still tell it was top-four teams facing off, off against each other. And this Ohio State game was just lackluster and uh-huh. nothing close to it. So, um, But next we're going to actually move on uh, to the other game in our top two from last week, which is uh, Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma. Uh, so let's look into that real quick. Two touchdowns as a high school senior in Texas. Rattler on the run, puts it in the flat. Henderson's got space. Henderson's got a touchdown. Two possessions, two scores for the Sooners. Star recruit. He's now a star of this defense. Rattler flips it back. Shoulder throw. Three possessions and three touchdowns. Makes to Hubbard. L.A. Word sets his feet. Fires and zone. Touchdown. Stevenson. Approaching 100 yards. Yeah, here's a little trickery. And the quarterback flips it in the flat to Jeremiah Hall, who scores. Bent back healthy. How could they not be, right? Fourth down, Rattler back, pedals and lobs it wide open. Weiss for the touchdown. So, I was wrong. <laughs> You were 100% wrong. I would just like to put this out there. Ladies and gentlemen, I was texting Mason that entire night telling him, I called it. I called it. He's going off about the Georgia game. I'm like, I called it. So, yes, I was wrong. And we will (laughs) talk about JT Daniels and the Georgia game a lot later. But, yeah, this game did not go out like I thought it would at all. It ended, and it was like a 20-point Oklahoma lead over Oklahoma State. So, like Joey... With Arizona and USC, I was wrong. I admit it. I was wrong in episode one where I said they should be in the top four, and I've been wrong. So, there you go. 100% you were wrong. I mean, but the thing is, it's hard to tell with those games. 
Yeah. You know, because you really look at it and you look at college football and you say defense wins games, right? And I, I said it last week, when it comes down to Oklahoma and their football team, you can't go by that because their offense is so lethal. They have so many weapons, whether it's the running back position, quarterback, or wide receiver. I mean, they're just incredible. And Oklahoma State has this incredible defense and such, but when their offense can't put up the numbers like Oklahoma is, they're going to get tired, just like how I was saying during the Florida-Georgia game. If the defense is always put out there, then the offense is just going to end up running all over them, no matter how good they are. You know, so. That's that's all I got to really say about it. I mean, Oklahoma State's numbers were just disappointing, and it was a very disappointing game. Um, I mean, Spencer Rattler out through Spencer Sanders by 200 yards. Two, yeah, and I mean, almost almost 200 more yards rushing as well total, So, which is crazy to think because Chuba Hubbard yeah, he only ran for 44 yards, which I was about to say is very surprising for Chuba Hubbard. Apparently, uh, Oklahoma's defense that came out and took their rushing game away. I mean, yeah. It's just Oklahoma's offense is just not... It, it's weird to, to hear because, like, you look at the the Big 12 and you're like, offense. That's what they're known for. Not defense, but no. offense. But now, now you're looking at it and you're like, Oklahoma State is that one team who has the defense, but because they only have the defense, they can't keep up with the offenses anymore. It's, it's, it's disappointing to see, especially since how Oklahoma State started out this season. They were really good. They were a great team, possibly contending for the, um, the playoffs. But after their first loss against Texas and now their second loss against Oklahoma, they're out. And unfortunately, Oklahoma was out early in the season. So, Oh, yeah. Now on to our next segment. We're going to be checking out our top two matchups for next weekend. We got number two, Notre Dame versus number 19, North Carolina. And number one, Alabama versus number 22, Auburn. With a twist. Notre Dame versus North Carolina. This is quarterback. We think it's Kyron Williams left side. Into the second half. Williams down the sideline. Kyron Williams. Right go. Notre Dame. Touchdown. That 14-yard run. I'm going to keep this one here. Inside the five. Touchdown, North Carolina. Also a pretty good blocker. From the eight, here is Book. Scanning underneath. It's caught. It's Michael Mann. Into the end zone. Notre Dame touchdown. Ow. Plenty of time. And he gets a complete. To the end zone goes Brown. Lindsay, our speed guys. They haven't been able to go much. Corner throw up for grabs for Skoranek. He caught it even with a flag down. Versus all. 
Yeah, so definitely some big matchups here this weekend. So uh, what do you think about North Carolina, Notre Dame? Well, first off, I just want to say that North Carolina is probably the only team that left on Notre Dame's schedule that could possibly beat them until the ACC championship uh, where either it's Clemson or Miami, most likely Clemson, unless they lose another game. Um Another thing is just seeing how this North Carolina offense matches up against the Notre, the Notre Dame defense. Um, again, two two pretty well-rounded teams. You got North Carolina, who's got a pretty good defense and a good offense as well, and Notre Dame with a clearly a good defense and clearly a good offense as well to be uh, number two. So I'm I'm just intrigued to see how this turns out. Yeah, definitely. And I like what you were saying about how UNC is probably the last school in Notre Dame's schedule that could take them out. And, I mean, it's crazy because we're getting so close to the end of the season. I mean, we only have a couple more games before we get really into the championships and then into the playoffs. So this is going to definitely be an interesting matchup. And i definitely say that my pick, ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, Notre Dame, they're undefeated. They're 8-0. They took down, you know, a Trevor Lawrence-less Clemson. <laughs> they, t- they took down a Trevor Lawrence-less Clemson mm-hmm. and beat them there. And then, you know, they just came out. They're coming off a of bye week. And, you know, then you got number 19, UNC. They've lost a couple games. Then they lose to Florida State. Mm-hmm. Lost to Florida State. They're 6-2. and two. I'm going to give this to Notre Dame. I don't think there's any way that UNC can win this. I think it's honestly, I think they're the, the team with the best chance left in their schedule. But I don't think it's, it's not a good chance for them to win. So no. yeah, my pick is my pick is definitely Notre Dame. Yeah, and you know it, it's. I wish I could say UNC. I think it is going to be a closer game than what everybody else thinks it's going to be. But um, I, I definitely I think that Notre Dame will win this. If North Carolina wins this, though, praise Lord, hallelujah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I don't I don't think UNC can win this at all. Yeah, and, you know, with UNC, would I love for them to win? Yes. Would I love for Notre Dame to get taken down? Absolutely. But is it going to happen? Probably not. Probably not, no. So our next game is actually number one Alabama versus number 22 Auburn. Uh, The numbers may not seem like it's a good matchup, but trust me, this game is always a good matchup. Uh, You're the big SEC guy. Uh, I love to switch it over to you in this kind of conference. So uh, take it away. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's it's going to be a good game, like you said. The Alabama-Auburn game is a game that is timeless as far as crazy things always happening. I mean, look at what happened last year. Auburn was like number 14, Alabama's number 5, right behind the number 4 spot in Georgia, and they're trying to get in there. And what do they do? They lose to Auburn by a field goal in the Iron Bowl. So anything is possible. I mean, like look back in 2013 at the kick six. That was probably like the most craziest thing of all time to happen in like something in college football was the kick six, right? Where if people don't know what that is, the kick six was where, you know, it's one second left to go in the fourth quarter. Both teams are tied. Alabama tries to kick like a 60 yard field goal. Auburn receiver picks it up in the end zone and they run it all the way back for a touchdown. Crazy game. You know, it's insane to think that was all the way back in 2013. Yeah. It feels like just a few years ago. Oh, I know. But anyways, continue. Yeah. Any, anything can happen. Anything is possible. That's why even still, even though Alabama's number one and Auburn's 22, it's still hard to pick because it's honestly a guessing game. If you're looking at it for stats, Alabama 100%. If you're looking at it for just straight luck or blessings <laughs> from the Lord, it's Auburn 100%. Mm-hmm. Auburn has won this game off luck so many times, and it's the one thing that Saban just cannot account for. He can't account for oh, well, maybe this will happen, or maybe they won't get this. Maybe we'll be able to just do this, and it'll happen. It, he doesn't He he doesn't account for luck. He's always like, this is what it's got to be. This is what it's going to happen, and, and, that, and that's what it is. So if I had to pick, based on stats, Alabama. But again, there's always some luck. There's always something that happens that could go for Auburn's way. So I'm going to pick Alabama, but I will... Leave that with a grain of salt saying anything is possible, especially when they're playing Auburn. In the and, and you're rooting for Auburn as well. I am definitely rooting for Auburn. I need every team above Georgia, the top eight. I need every one of those teams to lose this weekend. Come on, you can you can leave Clemson alone. but um, <laughs> So I'd like to touch up on one thing you said uh, with Nick Saban. Can't figure it out. Nick Saban is actually going to be out due to COVID as of right now. That's right. Um, unless he uh, goes through all the procedures and somehow manages to get back for the game. I yeah, don't think it's like, possible. Like the Georgia or the Georgia Alabama game. That was kind of fishy, wasn't it? Yeah, but I, I don't think it's possible now due no. to it. This information is just being released on Wednesday, which is another huge luck thing, right? For yeah, Auburn, yeah, this yeah. is something. This is something that's going to go huge in Auburn's way. That Saban will not be able to be at the game coaching, and that their backup coach will be a, not their backup coach, but one of their offensive coaches will be coming in to take mm-hmm. over for his spot and call the game. Which is very interesting because one of them is being looked at for a head coaching position at South Carolina. So this is going to be a huge... Yeah, this is a big game for him. Basically like a job interview. Yeah, pretty much. But um, but like you were saying, Auburn tends to win this, win this game when it comes to luck. Granted, you have Auburn, um, when they had Cam Newton, totally different team, much, much better built team back then compared to how Alabama was built, all that such. But ever since then, it's been, like you said, down to luck. Um, and like Bo Nix, I've been explaining to you all year, not even season, all year. Bo Nix is just not my championship quarterback, Mm-mm. not the ideal quarterback. I, and I've said it before, as long as Auburn has Bo Nix at quarterback, they will never reach the championship because he's immature. 
He doesn't make the right calls. He can make good plays, but he can also make the dumbest plays as well. So I think this comes down to just who's behind center. Absolutely. And so something else, too, though, that will go on Alabama's favor is that they're playing at Alabama. Oh, yeah. So because they played at Auburn last year, they're bringing it back to Tuscaloosa this year. There's a huge fan atmosphere, even with COVID, and it'll be interesting to see. So, But finally, Joey, who's your pick for this game? Alabama. That was easy. Alabama 100%. Well, that was easy. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't think Auburn has any chance. They lost to South Carolina, dude. Yeah. There's no shot. There's no shot. I mean... When, well, you're talking about not accounting for luck, though. Not not accounting for luck, but there's no shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Alabama. So, as we were saying earlier, we're going to talk about the, the, the college football playoff rankings uh, real quick. We're going to do the top six just to work on time a little bit. Uh, so, we're going to start at number six with number six, Florida. Uh, I, f- I think this is a very interesting choice, putting them underneath some of these teams. Um, but I, I like the the chances of them making the playoffs, so that's a good spot for me. What do you think? Yeah, um, I definitely would still put them higher. I think that they've played a good season. Their only loss being to Texas A&M, which is still, that's the number five team right now, and mm. that was a tough game that they played against them. So I would say that they still deserve to be higher. They've won one more game than Texas A&M, and honestly I think they should be above Ohio State because as we've mentioned, or as I've mentioned in the past, I do not think that Ohio State should be even in the playoffs at this point. So, And I'm going to try and fly through these because I have a little tangent to go off of. But number five, like we said, Texas A&M. And I think the only reason they're above Florida is because of that win over Florida. Uh, some people say that that shows uh, that they're better than Florida. It doesn't. Yeah, I disagree with that statement 100%. And I think that Texas A&M probably deserves to either stay here but be below Florida or be at number six. Yeah. Number four, Ohio State. We both know how we feel about that. We're yeah, not we're we not liking that that much. At all. We, I think that Ohio State, if they were going to be in the top six, should be at number six or mm-hmm. not even in the top six at all. Yeah. Number three, Clemson. You know, as a Clemson fan, I'm okay Here with that. Here we go. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> here's my thing. And I, I, I'll, I'll say that I've been texting Mason about this, and I had this long freaking thing long text message that I sent to him saying that I would honestly be okay for Clemson to be at number four. But some of the things that I've been hearing, especially on ESPN, to hear that Cincinnati belongs above Clemson, that Clemson shouldn't be in the top six, and stuff like that, I just have to ask, are you out of your mind? You know, Because you really look at this and you look, if you put Cincinnati in the top four, who in the top four do you think they would beat? I don't see them beating Alabama anytime soon. I don't see them beating Notre Dame. If Ohio State was in the top four instead of Clemson, they wouldn't beat Ohio State. Now, I've been saying all season long that I love Cincinnati's team. I've been ride or die with them, and I hope they do really great. I hope they get in the New Year's Six. But I don't think they will be in the playoffs. Because they don't belong. You see BYU dropped all the way down to 14 because their strength of schedule. Not because they're not good, but because their strength of schedule. Florida, they could beat Alabama. 
they could beat Notre Dame. Ohio State, they could beat. And Clemson, they could beat. So that's one team that I can attest, yeah, they belong in the playoffs. Texas A&M, they can't beat Alabama. They showed that. I don't think, I don't believe they can beat Clemson. Jimbo Fisher against Clemson does not have a positive record. The only time he did was with Jameis Winston. Ohio State versus Texas A&M. Honestly, I think that would be a good game, but I think Ohio State would win that. And Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame would beat Texas A&M. So when I'm looking at this, I'm saying to you right now, the top four is the top four. Now the order, I, that's a whole different subject, but the top four belongs there. Because when you put everybody else in there, there's just no shot. It's, it's almost like putting Oklahoma back in there. I mean, every time they've put Oklahoma in there, I've I've called it every season. Oklahoma isn't going to go further in the first round. Well, I think that Georgia still could be in the top four. I think they, I mean, they've not played like they deserve to be there. But if we're going with that type of logic, I think that Georgia could beat any one of those teams in the top four. Now, the only reason that I would say that we don't deserve there, the only reason that I would say that we don't deserve to be there is because of our defense. Our defense is crapped on us. We can talk about that in a little bit, but I just wanted to kind of make that statement by that logic. And you know what? If we were talking about Georgia that played against Mississippi State minus the defense, if we were talking ba- solely based off of Georgia's offense that game, I would 100% agree with you. Yeah, but it's because of the defense. But due to how the defense has been playing this year I, and their record, yeah. there's just an... I like that the the playoff committee is giving them a still giving them a shot because say Florida loses to Alabama in the SEC championship, Florida's going to come down, Georgia's going to come up. Then you got Cincinnati, who they're probably going to win out, but Georgia can still jump over Cincinnati anytime. Northwestern's looking like they're going to have to face Ohio State soon. Um, that's. <laughs> That's that's a pretty clear call. And Texas A&M, I mean, I think Georgia still has a shot. It takes a lot, but I think Georgia still has a chance. But what, what I'm saying is I think the top four now is the top four later. I don't think there's going to be much of a difference. Yeah. So moving back um, to Clemson, I would definitely say that I think Clemson deserves to be here. I think that they deserve could deserve the number four spot. Um, but either way, like I said a couple weeks ago, I need to see Trevor Lawrence play again in order to solidify that number three spot. I need to know that Clemson lost to Notre Dame because Trevor Lawrence was not in that game. So when I see that and I see him come out this weekend and play unranked Pitt, who's five and four, and they kick the crap out of him, that's when I know that Clemson deserves to be at that number three spot. And I'm going to say this now before we fly through our predictions um, and just say that Pitt needs to be scared because, first of all, and pardon my language, but Clemson's pissed off. Uh, Clemson had a chance of facing Florida State this past weekend, having everybody back and healthy and ready to go. Gets to Tallahassee just to be turned back around. Um, we're not going to discuss that too much due to just – it's been sparking a lot of arguments and stuff with other people, but Clemson's pissed off and this gives them two weeks now to prepare 
for this Pittsburgh game. Pittsburgh better watch out because Trevor Lawrence was one of the biggest voices in saying that they were not happy about that. So um, I think I think Clemson's really gonna give Pitt something to remember. But <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and actually move on to our top twenty-five matchups. Um, yeah, because Notre Dame and number one Alabama, they've both proved that they deserve to be where they're at, and this top four doesn't look like it's going to change. No. Unless, by some miracle, Ohio State loses to Illinois. So, But, yeah, let's go ahead and get into that. Let's start talking about it. All right, let's do it. All right, so getting into this. Number one, Alabama versus number 22, Auburn. Alabama. Yep, we already went over it. Alabama. Number two, Notre Dame versus number 19, UNC. Uh, we've already gone over it. Yep. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Okay. Number three, Clemson versus unranked Pitt. Clemson. Clemson, that's easy. There's no way Pitt comes out with this. No way. Number four, Ohio State versus unranked Illinois. You know how it'd be how good it would feel oh, so good if Illinois my won gosh, this. I know. But Ohio State's gonna win this. Yeah, I'll have to go with Ohio State as well. I don't think Illinois can pull this out. All right, number five, Texas A and M versus unranked LSU. This could be a good matchup. I'm this, not this sure, but be. it could. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Now, will it? Uh, I'm not too sure, but uh, just by how LSU has been playing and how Texas A and M has been playing, LSU is still trying to figure out their whole quarterback's position. So I'm I'm gonna say Texas A and M here. Dude, I'm gonna go with the upset. I'm gonna say LSU. I think I think that they might be able to do it. It's probably not likely at all for them to win but i don't know some of my gut is just saying lsu that 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 is what georgia would need though yeah they would need a texas a&m loss soon well maybe it's not my gut maybe it's just georgia yeah yeah (laughs) all right number six florida versus unranked kentucky florida oh yeah there's no way kentucky just lost by like 40 points to alabama and didn't even score it wasn't even 40 it was like 60 literally (laughs) kentucky hasn't been able to score against any big opponent all season they didn't score on georgia they didn't score on alabama so they're probably not going to score on florida again now we don't know because florida's defense isn't the best in the sec but it is it's good enough but it's up there absolutely so, yeah, Number seven, Florida. Cincinnati versus Temple. Canceled. <laughs> I mean, Cincinnati now it's just not that. looking like good chances for Cincinnati at all. But, uh, yeah. Well, Cincinnati would have won that either way. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But because win. it's canceled, it's like, ah. Yeah. All right, number eight, Northwestern versus unranked Michigan. Northwestern, they're... Michigan State, too. Yeah, they're up pretty high. Yeah, I don't agree with it. Yeah, me either. So, I think Georgia deserves to be ranked above them. But I don't see them losing to Michigan State. I'm choosing Northwestern. Yeah, I'm going to go with the upset, Michigan State, for two reasons. One, I like picking the upset. And two, I need Georgia to go up in the rankings. (laughs) I got you. No, I don't. The only reason they're ranked number eight is because they beat Wisconsin. But um, I think soon Northwestern is going to be showing that uh, they don't yeah, and Wisconsin there. is some trash, and they're not even going to be able eligible for the playoffs. So. Yeah, after that <laughs> Minnesota canceling their game, I don't. Yeah, they're not going to be eligible. All right, next up we have number nine Georgia versus unranked USC. Okay, before we talk about this game, I've got to go on a tangent. It's my turn. Two words. Well, a name. <laughs> J T. Daniels. What a 
player. This dude showed up on Saturday against Mississippi State. He threw for 401 yards, which hasn't been done at Georgia since Aaron Murray. Four touchdowns and no interceptions. This dude was dropping bombs left and right, hitting players wide open field, throwing huge passes downfield. And it was insane. And he said after the game, when asked about the Georgia receiving core, you know what he, you want to know what he said? What did he say? He said, if you're not going to throw to him, don't recruit him. And I was like, that's tough. And he just played a great game, and I was so right. Now, I now though, I understand Coach Smart's decision to hold him out. He was holding him out for so long to make sure that his knee had completely healed from his ACL injury August 30th, 2019. Mm-hmm. So, totally understand that. But I think he waited a little long because now we're number nine in the playoff rankings. We need to get to number four. It's not likely that it's going to happen. And I think that JT Daniels in the last game was probably the only reason we're in the top ten because our defense played like crap and we have two losses on our schedule. So they're probably just still seeing us as a powerhouse in the SEC Mm -hmm. and JT Daniels. That's it. And our strength of schedule. We had to play Florida and Alabama early season. And, I mean, they're probably also looking at it and they're going, well, there's also a chance that Florida could lose two more games and Georgia's back in the SEC championship. Will that actually happen? Probably Probably not. not. But, I mean, I think they're looking at it and they're going, you know, with JT Daniels in, this offense is looking a lot more powerful than it was uh, when he wasn't. And, you know, uh, they have a chance if these things work out for them. So they're putting him in a position where if these things happen – they can get back in it, but will oh, yeah. they? Probably not, but... No, so the whole point of this tangent, though, is to say that I was right the entire time. JT yeah, Daniels yeah. came in. We made huge plays. Georgia got a lot better. We went up to number nine in the playoff rankings, and the future is looking bright. I heard somebody say the JT Daniels era has arrived, and I am here for it. But looking into this week, UGA versus unranked South Carolina... Dude, UGA all the way. There's no way South Carolina wins this game. I don't want to hear it. I don't want. I don't care what happened last year between the hedges at Sanford Stadium. There was a terrible game. Jake Fromm played a terrible game. And now they don't have much champ. There's no way Georgia can lose this game. I'm, I'm even surprised that I'm hearing some people still say USC has a chance. Um, there's, there's just no way. I mean, just the way – there's just no way. I was no. trying to find an argument for it. There, there's just no, yeah, no, no way. It's impossible. South Carolina's missing. J.C. Well, Horn, their star cornerbacks. Horn, they're, they're two star cornerbacks, yeah. and they're they're gone with their head coach. So, and I mean, Mike Bobo is not up to par with the coaching skills of Coach Smart. So, yeah, one hundred percent. And I mean, you also got. I mean, I don't know. UGA is going to outplay them. The defense is going to destroy them, and Coach Smart is going to outcoach Mike Bobo. So. Who is his friend, too? Yeah. All right, moving on. Number 10, Miami. Bye week. week. Number 11, Oklahoma versus unranked West Virginia. So I was looking at the power index earlier this week, and they said that Oklahoma, there's no shot West Virginia wins this. Um, I haven't looked at it recently, but this is hard because it's, it's a battle of two offenses, and I feel like I always say that with games like that are tough, but this is quite truly a battle of offenses. Neither team has a defense to save their life. Um, 
but I think Oklahoma comes out with this. My theme today is picking the upsets, so I'm going to go with West Virginia. I mean, their record is really similar, 6-2 and two and 5-3. and three. That's really close. Mm-hmm. I think it could go in either way, like you're talking about with offenses, so I'm going to go pick the upset. I'm going to pick West Virginia. All right. Number 12, Indiana versus unranked Maryland. Oh, my God. Maryland. Oh, yeah. We're going Maryland, and that's the upset. That's it, uh, Let's be real, though. This is not an upset. I mean, we've been calling Maryland to be a good team this entire – well, not this entire season, but after um, Tua's brother started showing up and such, uh, we really noticed that Maryland was actually a pretty comp- – competitive team so and i think that indiana still deserves to be lower do i think they deserve to be out of the top 25 i'm not too sure yet but i think maryland could definitely win this so i'm gonna go with maryland well to be fair to speak to that i don't even think that indiana deserves to be out of the top 25 at all i think they deserve to be still in the top 15 i think their spot is deserved right where they are they played a great game against ohio state i think that they could do better than they have been but you know yeah, they lost to Ohio State, so it's deserved where they are. I don't think they're going to beat Maryland, though. I think, and the only reason I said that Maryland is the upset is based on the FPI. The FPI puts Indiana above Maryland. Mm-hmm. Now we've been saying that that has been wrong a lot, a lot. But yeah, I see that. You know, Maryland definitely pulls this out and wins it. To his little brother is insane, and he's been driving the offense. Their defense is playing been their defense has been playing really well. I see Maryland taking this one. All right, number 13, Iowa State versus number 17, Texas. You know, this was in contention for one of our top two games, um, and it's looking even better, but uh, I don't know. I, I think that Texas has a chance, but I think Iowa State's run offense is really good. I'm I'm sticking with Iowa State here. Yeah, I think that Iowa State can pull this out too. They're 6-2, and two, Texas and 5-2. and two. Again, a really great matchup, really evenly matched. But still, yeah, I'm going to go with Iowa State as well. I think they can pull it out. I don't think Texas can do it. Mm-hmm. Number 14, BYU. By week. <laughs> we got 15, Oregon versus unranked Oregon State. Ah, another rival. Ah. It's weird. This season, like, all the rival games have been happening so early and so like weird it's been like one week this team's one week these teams mm-hmm. one week these teams because a lot of these matchups are happening within conference right so like mm-hmm. Clemson Carolina can't play because it's ACC and SEC Georgia Georgia Tech can't play because it's ACC SEC so we've been getting a lot of these weird you know rival games but it's been interesting at the same time so but yeah I would go ahead and say that Oregon's gonna win this I mean they're playing Oregon State who's one and two and they're also unranked so I'm gonna go with Oregon I'm going to go with Oregon just because, yeah, same thing as you. Number 16, Wisconsin versus unranked Minnesota. Canceled. Canceled. Oh, yeah, it's canceled. Shoot. All right, number 18, USC versus unranked Colorado. And I would like to point out that Joey was wrong again last week. And I'm going to be wrong this week. I'm going Colorado, baby. And I'm going USC, the real USC. Sorry, Abby. All right, number 20, Coastal Carolina versus unranked Texas Tech. <laughs> Dude, I'm laughing, like, looking at that record. Two and nine under Texas State and Carolina still eight and oh. Yeah, dude, Coastal yeah. takes this one. It's easy. 100% Coastal Carolina here. 
All right, number 21, Marshall. Bye week. Oklahoma State, number 23, versus unranked Texas Tech. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Yeah, I still don't think Texas Tech can do it. it it'll probably be an interesting game, to say the least, but I, yeah, no. Oklahoma State. Number 24, Iowa versus unranked Nebraska. I go with Iowa. I'll go with Iowa. Yeah. I mean, they, that's another toss-up, you know, but they're number 24. Nebraska's unranked. Nebraska's one and three. <laughs> yeah. I can go with Iowa. All right. Our biggest matchup of the week right here. That's a joke. Just kidding. Mm-hmm. Number 25, Tulsa versus unranked Houston has been... Postponed. Postponed. So, yeah, that's the top 25 matchups. All right, let's go ahead and move into the NFL. So, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, the NFL is on TBD Sportscast this week. Uh, We're bringing in a new friend, a new colleague. Uh, Mason, take it away. So, new to TBD Sportscast this week, bringing in my best friend, Michael Russo. How you doing, man? Doing great, man. How you been? Been Heck yeah. So Michael's coming into the podcast to help us make this transition into the NFL. So he's a huge Falcons fan, huge Georgia fan. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about that and kind of get into this. Yeah, man. Uh, I am one of the probably the most loyal Falcons fan on this planet. No, I'm kidding. I'm I'm definitely... (laughs) I'm definitely up there, man. You know, I mean, you, you, I, I've known you for a while. You know, me and Mason, we've, we we uh, went to school together. We did drum line together with both drummers. Uh, so I've known Mason for a while, and we've both been Atlanta Falcons fans, Georgia fans. So me and him share a lot of the same pain. We text a lot during, you know, certain games, and we're like, like that really just happened because constantly depressed. If you know anything about being a Falcons fan or just a Georgia sports fan in general, you just know it usually is just a lot of heartbreak. So there's a curse. Share that. And uh, yeah, so and a lot of heartbreak, you know, every, you know, for the last just 28 to three, let's just be honest. Yeah. Awesome. Well, super glad to have you on, Michael. All right, Joey, take it away. So you bring up, you're both very big Atlanta fans, of course. Um, Let's go ahead and jump into how how did you feel about the Falcons Saints game? Like, what what did you take away from that? Man, oh man, it was very uh, hard to watch because uh, I mean honestly, it was it was probably the worst game played of the season. Uh, right next to like the Packers game on Monday night a few weeks ago, and uh, it just showed me that we really need clean house at the end of the year because that was just, you know, you had the bye week and you had, you know, you had two weeks to prepare for, you know, your division rival, the saints, you know, we hate the saints, you know, the saints are, I don't like the saints. None, you know, that's just some trash. Arguably the, arguably the best rivalry in football, you know, next to like, you know, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, but I, I think Atlanta, Atlanta, New Orleans is like top. No, I can feel you on that. I'm a Panthers fan, and I hate the Saints. Yeah, you know, we don't like you guys either, but, you know, it's we don't hate you guys as much. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, the game was just so, you know, we just we came out so flat, and, like, it was very disappointing to see, you know, just how flat you come out when you have two weeks to prepare, and you just really don't recover. Like, the, the biggest thing besides – one of the biggest things that made me more mad was just, like, after halftime, 
there was not a single adjustment really made. It was like the same things in the first half that didn't work. And they just kept trying to bank on like, oh, you know, people will get it this time. Like the lack of, you know, the lack of pre-snap motion, like the lack of like of calling a decent run game. Like you have all these weapons. You have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, Hayden Hurst, Russell Gage. Like it doesn't make any sense to me how you have arguably, you know, a top five roster on paper, but you have, you know, Dirk Cutter as the offensive coordinator. And that was honestly like the biggest thing coming into this season was like, yeah, like, you know, last season started one and seven, ended six and two. And, you know, there was talks about firing Dan Quinn. But, you know, I, I at the beginning of the season, I didn't think it was a, a bad choice to keep him because based on who was available at the end of last year, I was like, you know what, maybe one more season with Dan Quinn wouldn't be bad. But the biggest thing was they kept Dirk Cutter as the offensive coordinator. And that is honestly what is the biggest problem with the team is that the offensive coordinator is just so bad. And uh, you just saw that all over. All, all, all the tape was just bad on that game this past weekend. And it's all, you know, the defense did its thing. But, you know, they can't get off the field. So that's what's going to happen when the defense stays on the field, man. So my yeah, biggest definitely. thing is at the end of the year, clean house. Especially get rid yeah. of Cutter. I mean, they can keep Raheem Morris. I mean, I think Raheem Morris has done all right, but you know, biggest thing is Dirk Cutter needs to go, man. Dirk Cutter needs to go. Yeah, so I can't wait for that to happen. Yeah, and Atlanta hasn't had you know a great year in a while since we were in you know the Super Bowl with New England. We haven't done really anything since then. We've kind of had a steady yeah. decline, and you know, yeah, I mean, after twenty seventeen, really was like the was the true like you know we were a play away from going to the championship game in 2017. But then again, you had, you know, Steve Sarkeesian as the offensive coordinator then, but it's just, it's just upsetting, man. It's just, it's very painful to watch as a fan that like really wants the team to succeed. And you know that, you know, it's just really, really tough right yeah. now. And did, did, did Atlanta even score a touchdown on Sunday? No, man. That's what I'm just saying. Yeah, field goals. Yeah, field goals. Field goals only. I mean, hey, Young Hoku is going to the Pro yeah. Bowl probably. He's like great, the, great he's kicker, leading yeah. right now. He's leading right now in Pro Bowl votes for kickers in NFC. But, I mean, like I said, like you have all the weapons. Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin really hated her. Tall girl. But you scored nine points, dude. Like, come on, man. man. Yeah, that's got to be play uh, calling. Yeah, that's what it comes down yeah, to. It's, play calling. it's 100% dirt cutter, man. Because, I mean, you just look at the stats. He's we're like dead last in like pre-snap motion. Like we're dead last on running. No, I think we're like I think we're like the number one team that runs on second down when you shouldn't run on second down. Mm-hmm. And like the analytics show that you shouldn't run on second down, but like we run to set up like a third and manageable when it's like no man, like you gotta be aggressive all the time. He's just too conservative when he, when you don't when you need to be aggressive. It's just yeah, uh, so it gets, it gets heated. So going off of that, would you say that? it's less of your opponents being better than y'all and more of y'all are just hurting yourselves. I mean, I'm not going to say the saints are the saints defense, you know, is like, it's, it's, it's like, I don't want to, I'm not trying to bash them. But they're, they're not, not as good like, as a few years ago like, like they yeah, were. Yeah. Like they, like they were definitely beatable. I mean, they were down Marcus Lattimore, which is the top cornerback. And I mean, you know, they have Cam Jordan, who's – I think he's, like, the – I think he's sacked Matt Ryan more than, like, any defensive lineman. 
because mm-hmm. uh, he tends to always have a big game against us. But I mean, no, I mean, like we, like we just coming into this game, we were three and one because we lost to Detroit by a game losing touchdown. Which honestly, and, that, and that's another example of just Dirk Cutter. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't blame Todd Gurley on losing the Detroit game because he scored a touchdown. Like, the defense couldn't hold a lead for a minute. Like. Mm-hmm. come on man like I'm not gonna blame that on him but at the same time it's like if you in like he came out in a press conference after that game and was like yeah we probably should have like just you know kicked the field goal there and it's like okay if you should have done that why would you call a play that potentially could lead to a score and it doesn't make any sense like why are you putting them into that into that position when you know like it could end badly but then again it's like your defense should be able to hold on to the lead for a minute. So yeah. I'm not going to blame that one on the offense. But, I mean, still, the coaching is what got us there in the first place, and the coaching is what the problem is with the Falcons this year. Absolutely. So, And, you know, I mean, and the Saints are still a really hard team to beat either way, especially this year. I mean, they destroyed the Buccaneers a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, they're a good team. But, I mean, come on, it was Taysom Hill's, Taysom Hill's first start. He shouldn't look like a Hall of Famer at his first start. I mean, he's Walmart Lamar Jackson. So, like – how do you let that happen? But hey, you know the Falcons. The Falcons have always been the the get right team. Like if, you, if your team has a bad week, you play the Falcons the upcoming week. You're probably gonna get right against them because the Falcons are just that yeah. team, man. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. tired of being that team, man. I'm hoping that the era is changed after this season. I hope the curse is broken eventually. <laughs> yeah. All right. So moving on, moving on into the Panthers Vikings game. So this is uh, one for Joey because Joey's the Panthers fan. So you want to go ahead and take that away, buddy? Yeah, I would just like to appreciate. Uh, I, I would like to hear your opinion on this game. See what you think about it. I know the Vikings, um, they're all right. They they got a great wide receiver core, but their defense is lackluster this year. Uh, meanwhile, the Panthers, they're just they're just building. They're rebuilding. And it's pretty. I mean, they're for a rebuilding team. I mean, they. You know, they held Detroit scoreless, I believe, last week, and that was yeah. pretty cool. And, you know, no Teddy Bridgewater with P.J. Walker starting, which is cool because he, you know, he's one of the – you wouldn't expect him to to no, you know, yeah. do what he did because, you know, oh, he came from the XFL and all this and that. But, I mean, he's still a good quarterback. But, I mean, yeah. you know, the Panthers are, what, the ninth-ranked offense in the league and the Vikings are 10th. Um Panthers are 11th in passing, and the Vikings are 19th, which is crazy because they have Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. But yeah. Adam Thielen, I think, is going to be hurt for this game, so I don't know if he's going to play. Uh, Panthers are 14th in rushing, and the Vikings are 6th, but, you know, they got Dalvin Cook, so that's obviously... Yeah. Meanwhile, we're missing out on McCaffrey. Yeah, that's, that, is, that is so... It, it sucks to hear that because... Well, aside from me having him in fantasy in one of my leagues, uh, you know, he's a big weapon to the Panthers. And it's just like to see him not able to play. And, and I know he played – I think he played with the Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he gets hurt. It's like that sucks because, like, you know, right he's, when he's, he's back, out for yeah. like – Yeah, the minute he comes back, he gets hurt and he's gone again. It's just like, damn. But, I mean, Mike Davis is good. I, mean, I, I think he's – you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're going to keep him around next season as well. So, like mm-hmm. – Healthy McCaffrey, healthy Mike Davis. I mean, that's pretty good, you know, running back duo you got there. Yeah, so who do you think will win the game? I think it'll be the Vikings in a close one, to be honest with a you. close one? Uh, All right. But then again, well, I mean, it could go it, – it'll be very – I think it's too close to call, like, because 
no Adam Thielen, but they have Dalvin Cook. But the Panthers are pretty healthy, but no Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think there's any like big like wide receiver injury with like Curtis Samuel or like DJ no. Moore like that. I mean, it, it'll be a pretty close game. I'm pretty sure it'll be you know entertaining to watch for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think you know Kirk Cousins may be you know what like one and nine on Monday Night Football, and like they say all these bad stats about him. But I think like he's definitely you know a better quarterback than PJ Walker, so like that might be a little bit of an advantage. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'm gonna take the Vikings in a very close one. Like we're talking like a three point difference here. <laughs> all right. Yeah. What do you think, Joey? Uh, I, I'm on the fence i'm just gonna choose the panthers because pj walker came out last weekend and just absolutely destroyed the lions granted it is the lions but i mean he came out and yeah. he, he he proved himself and he proved that he deserved to be over will greer so i mean i was i was proud to be panthers fan last weekend the weekend before that uh, debatable but that yeah. was the, the weekend before that was cheats right yeah where where no, we, it, was uh, tampa bay. it was tampa bay wasn't it yeah, Tampa Bay, and the week before that was the Chiefs. Yeah, Tampa Bay, we got killed. Yeah, I did see some plays from that game. Yeah, that run with Ronald Jones, man. I was just like, how? How do you let that happen? That's like a Madden play. Like I play that on Madden. That <laughs> it's I'll always be a Panthers fan, but some weekends I'm less of one than others. I'll admit so you guys that. both, you guys both make some very compelling arguments, mm-hmm. um, as far as both teams, and I'm probably just gonna. Pick the Vikings because I'm a Falcons fan and I like the Panthers. So, hey. Well, of course, we can't. We don't want any division teams to win a game. I mean, technically, we're still mathematically in the hunt for the playoffs now. So, hey, I want the Falcons to go. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, but, you know, I I think the Vikings will win, but I think, you know, the Panthers will be. Yeah. It'll be be a close one. I mean, they played the Chiefs tight. Like, they may have lost like a point. Yeah, now we're that was yeah. crazy. The off, our offensive line breaking down late game, it shouldn't have happened. We could have easily won that game, but we broke down. So yeah, hey, and that's what happened with the Falcons last weekend as well. Yeah. <laughs> offensive line couldn't do nothing. I mean, the wide receivers couldn't get open. Matt Ryan gets sacked eight times. I mean, come on, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's what a mess. So before we move on to our uh, top game of the week for the NFL, I I know I Mason told me you had something to speak about about Lamar Jackson. Uh, I always wanted to hear it from you before we got into the our top game. Well, I am. I've been a fan of Lamar Jackson since college, and you know, in the NFL when he came through, like, you know, I, I've always rooted for him because I've always liked him as a player, as a person. And you know, last year, you know, he did what he did, and you know, rightfully won MVP. You know, I mean, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, but you know what? Well, Lamar Jackson did last year was pretty cool. This year, you know, a lot of people are coming for him, and I'm just like, dude. Like, first of all, I, mean, I wrote this down. I want, I want, I, I saw this, and I need to share it. So, Lamar Jackson can hit the open man 100. Like, he can hit. If the receiver's open, he'll hit him like straight up. But the problem is, the receivers can't get open. And he's playing with, you know, in my opinion, I don't think the Ravens' receiving core is like great at all. I mean, you got Willie Sneed. And, you know, he's not. You got Willie Sneed and Des Bryant, that's it. Yeah, I mean, Hollywood Brown is, is good, but lately he's been putting on some really bad tape. <laughs> and, yeah. like, last week, you know, he's dropping passes left and right. And I'm just like. After, after he complained about not being 
pass the ball enough and yeah i'm just like dude it's crazy and like people want to say you know lamar jackson you know overhyped he's not that great he's not you know now everyone thinks he is and i'm like yo i mean i'm pretty sure if you gave this man top tier receivers you know it'd be a different story i mean last year you know they really didn't know how to stop him because like the offense was i guess new in some way i mean they didn't really didn't have a good hold on how to stop them. I mean, obviously they, they lost in the playoffs to the Titans and like, you know, that was crazy to see because no one, I don't think anyone saw that coming. Um, but now it's just like, I think the receivers are the problem in, in, you know, on the team. I mean, but then again, the, the running the ball, you know, it, it is a little bit predictable. I mean, watching some of the game, you know, you kind of, you know, they, he did a press conference where he was like, yeah, like the defenses are calling out our plays. And I'm like, well, when you're a run heavy team, you know, it kind of is a little bit predictable. So, I mean, I can kind of see where they're going with. But, like, I don't think Lamar's a problem, man. I think they need to give him some more weapons. And that's it. I mean, another stat that I saw was Lamar Jackson is 6-4. and four. He got a 2.5 touchdown interception rate, uh, ratio. 63 uh, completion percentage. Tom Brady is 7-4. and four, 2.7 touchdown interception ratio and a 66 completion percentage. Tom Brady has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Gronk, Scotty Miller, Ronald Jones, and Fournette. Lamar Jackson has Mark Andrews, a rookie running back, Hollywood Brown, and Willie Sneed. Like, come on, man. Yeah, it's not a lot. He has J.K. Dobbins too, right? But he he hasn't been big. Yeah, he was. Yeah. All right. So for our big game, we we decided to choose the uh, Chiefs Buccaneers game. Uh. Mostly because it's between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, probably arguably the two best quarterbacks in the league. I mean, you got the you got the old goat, yeah, and you got the new goat. Exactly. So, no, nah, I mean it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a great game, one hundred percent. I think the Chiefs are definitely going to win without a doubt because if you watched the Buccaneers play against the Rams on Monday night, you saw a lot of the same problems that Atlanta has as far as you know the offense being a little bit too vanilla and Tom Brady is also 43 years old and uh you know it's it's I don't think it will be as close as people would want it to be I think it'll be a little bit of a blowout to be honest with you because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes you got the fastest wide receivers in the league you know future Falcons head coach Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator so that's gonna be you know he's He's way better than the offensive coordinator down there. What's his name? Uh, Byron Lefkowitz in Tampa. So, like, Chiefs, no question. No question at all. I got you. I, I agree with you on that. Um, my biggest thing is if the Chiefs' defense can stand up because the only thing that keeps playing in my mind is a few years ago how the Chiefs had the best offense out there, but their defense was the only reason why they couldn't keep up, you know? So my yeah. thing is if the Chiefs' defense can keep up with Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones. I mean, then they definitely they definitely are going to win this game. Yeah, I mean, you look at the uh well, another thing too would be the Saints game that they played, you know, Tampa Bay a few like two weeks ago. It was like I think it was like 38 to 3 was the final score, I believe. Yeah. 3 points, man, and you got all those weapons you just lifted off. Like, yeah, exactly. It can definitely be done. And the Chiefs are, you know, they've been in Super Bowl champs. They got Andy Reid coaching. Like, I don't I don't think they would have a problem keeping up with them. 
they just got to game plan correctly. I mean, you gotta you gotta blitz Tom Brady like crazy. I mean, you gotta get him off the spot, and uh, they got people to do that. I mean, Tyron Matthew, top, arguably one of the top safeties in the league. You know, uh, as far as like cornerbacks go, I mean, they got some young guys, but you know, Tyron Matthew's like the Greenland, right. Yeah, yeah, he's good. He's a solid player, but I mean. <laughs> And it, it's they got they can hang they can definitely hang with you know the Bucks offense and you know I'm pretty sure they're watching a lot of the film from the New Orleans game where they only held up three points to game plan correctly which they should yeah which you know that's what the Falcons should definitely do when we play them too <laughs> exactly absolutely so yeah I got the Chiefs he's got the Chiefs what do you got Mason dude the Chiefs there's no way that the Buccaneers can pull this out. I don't see it. I mean, they just, like you said, they played terribly against the Rams on Monday night. They played terribly against the Saints a couple of weeks ago. Well, I the, wouldn't say they played terribly. I would just say that they, when it, when it mattered most, which is such a cliche thing to say when it comes to football in general, is like, when you got to make a play, you got to make a play. And when Tom Brady needed to make a play to, you know, tie the game to get in the field goal range, dude throws a pig. He overthrows his receiver like 10 yards off, off you know, off the spot and throws yeah. a pick. Like, you're Tom Brady, dude. Like, you're not supposed to do that. Exactly. Can we also yeah. mention that he didn't go to the mid? He didn't go to midfield and shake uh, Jared Goff's hand after the game. Sore loser. Sore loser. Wow. Yeah, that was after the Cubs game. Yeah, I didn't even not know the Cubs that. game. The Bears game. Yeah, Nick Foles too. He did it with Nick yeah. Foles. He did oh yeah, Nick yeah. Foles and Jared Goff. So it's like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah, you're insane. supposed to be the goat. It's like the older he gets, he just cannot. You know. Yeah, he can't take a loss. He's like, but I mean, he's got so much money. I don't think it matters. But whatever. I mean, yeah, he's just a sore loser. But it's though. still, it's it's still out of respect, man. You gotta go over and be like, hey, man, good game. Like you did that. You yep. really did that. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Good game. Yeah, and he gets pissy, and he's like, I'm mad. <laughs> I'm Tom Brady, and I've done this, this, and that. Wipes oh, his tears like, with okay. his hundred dollar bills. <laughs> I mean, hey. Oh you my know, gosh! It's cool. I wish he I could he do did it. what he. he He's done what he's done, you know, yeah. respect, you know, I got, you know, I respect him for what he's done, but I mean, like, mm-hmm. right now is the present, and you just lost because of what you did, which is throw a pick when you need to not throw a pick, you know? Yeah. You can't be mad at anybody but yourself, man. Like, Jared Goff played a pretty good game. You're not going to go over there and be like, hey, like, you know, good game. Like, I, yeah. You know. Yeah. So, Sore loser. Yeah. Well, Ma- Michael, thank you for coming on. Yeah, seriously. Thank you so much, man. Good to uh, have you on here. Yeah, we'll we'll see you next week. Cool. All right, sure. so that's everything then. Yeah, I'm sure. Right. Everything. Yeah, yep. absolutely. All right, thank you so much, Michael. And that concludes today's episode of TBD Sportscast. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed. Make sure to go follow us on Instagram and other social media platforms at TBD underscore Sportscast. I'm Mason. I'm Joey. And this has been TBD Sportscast. Goodbye. Peace out. <laughs>